but he said it's too short. It needs to be about twice as long. And I thought, oh no, how am I going to do that? (laughs) And it actually took me several years to really fill it out and make it into an actual novel. And unfortunately, by that point, (laughs) the publisher had ceased operation. But I remember it was after it was after Hurricane Harvey. And I just was just so moved by the devastation I saw. I said, you know what? Ready or not, I'm just going to publish it. Well, hello and welcome to Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula, where we go beyond the hellos, moving into a space of curiosity, seeking information and knowledge, learning more about ourselves and each other through the conversations, the information and knowledge shared. And let's not forget my favorite part. And I hope it is yours too, the storytelling. Our latest guest and contributor, and of course the newest member to the KMKY family, Todd Jubilee, has had quite the career and life journey. And besides learning about his life experiences, being a man of faith, Todd is a published non-fiction and fiction author. And he will be sharing with us all about his journey to becoming an author and about his fiction and non-fiction books. Todd also shares with us beautiful wise words of wisdom and some beautiful stories. Now Todd's details as well as our own are clickable links in the show notes. We invite you to stay all the way to the end because I am going to share with you answers to some great questions that I asked Todd after our conversation. So see you on the other side. Enjoy. Um, But yeah, so I was born and raised on Long Island Mm -hmm. and I went to school at the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. It's one of the five federal service academies. And from there, I was commissioned as an officer in the Navy. So I did two, actually two separate tours. I left the Navy and I worked at the shipyard for a little while. And after Hurricane Katrina, I went back into the Navy. I left the Navy and I worked for the VA for a little while. And then I went in the army. One of my friends kept trying to convince me to join the guard. You'll love it. It's great. It's a little bit of extra money. It'd be, it'll be great. You'll love it. Just, just, just do it. So finally he, he um, convinced me and I was in the guard for just a few months when they said, Hey Todd, guess where you're going. And before I knew it, I was active duty U S army in the middle of Afghanistan. And then from there I turned around and actually went right back to Afghanistan. uh, This time working for the army as a civil servant. I worked in uh, Texas for a while. I worked for GE and I was laid off at GE. So I moved to Florida and that job went really well. I was doing real well. And then I got an opportunity uh, to go to Qatar. It was one of those uh, offers you can't refuse. Unfortunately, the company I was working for lost the contract. And so I scrambled and that's how I wound up in Tennessee with uh, my current job. Well, you know, this is what's been so wonderful, I think, for you is with your naval career, you have had an opportunity to actually travel to places perhaps you would not have chosen as a holiday destination, right? Yeah, a lot of really just fantastic places. Um, I've been to Australia, been to Indonesia, been to Mm -hmm. Singapore, to Japan. The ship I was on, it was a forward deployed ship. So we were underway most of the time I was there. Mm -hmm. But whenever I was at home, I guess you could say, I I was free to go wherever. Um, In fact, there was one particular shopping mall that had a sushi go around. And I would, I would go there a lot. I really learned to love sushi in Japan. At this one particular sushi go round, as soon as I walked in, they started making the things that I would always ask for mm-hmm. and just, just sticking them on the conveyor. So um, it, was real, it was real nice. They got to, to know me by face after a while and just make what I like. Do you have any stories that really touched your heart 
during your time, your travel whilst you were in the Navy? Actually, there was one, it was when I was in Afghanistan. Um, and of course I was, I was in the army at this point. And I remember we were driving somewhere and on the side of the road, there was a man with a donkey pulling a cart along with another man driving a car. And the disparity there, it just, it really struck me. And we would pass by some places where literally all the fresh water they had came from one hand pump for the whole village. You know, I've always known about poverty. I've experienced bouts myself where I was living paycheck to paycheck in juggling bills, having seen it up close like that in Afghanistan mm-hmm. where, I mean, there were some people that were literally living in mud walls with blue tarps for a roof right outside the city where they had high rises. And just mm-hmm. seeing that disparity, it really struck me. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think I came, I just came home with a lot more compassion uh, than when I had left. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, how, how do you feel those experiences have changed your life and changed who you are today? You know, and it's, it's a real strange dichotomy because in a lot of ways I've kind of become a little bit hard, <laughs> but in, in a lot of ways I've become a lot more compassionate. Mm. And I think it's good that I could see that because it helped helps bring balance a little bit. You know, I didn't just come home this bitter old husk of a man, you know, mm-hmm. um, having, having had just that sheer level of poverty thrust right in my face. It, it, it opened up a lot of compassion as well. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, I, I've traveled around the world and I've traveled quite extensively and anyone that tunes into this, that knows me well, knows that I like to travel. <laughs> <laughs> I have a travel bug. I, I have always, you know, I've always, as a young girl, wanted to just get on airplanes and see the world. And I do believe that one of the best classrooms we can put ourselves into is getting on an airplane and traveling and experiencing other places and other cultures and countries and, you know, uh, the diversity, because it does teach us a lot. And, And like you say, one of them is compassion and the realization. I think gratitude is another one, right? Yes, absolutely. Changes your mindset a bit on your life and where you are and how you're living your life compared to how other people have to live their lives because of the circumstances that they're living in, right? So now I want to go back to a story that you shared with me. When you're talking about compassion, you are a man of faith and you had shared with me, you had an opportunity to go to a Christian retreat And that was a turning point for you as a young man. I loved that story that you shared with me. And let's share that with listeners. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, I went to the Merchant Marine Academy. And part of our training was to actually sail on merchant vessels. I spent about a year total um, sailing on merchant vessels. And during this time, I engaged in a lot of behaviors that you would typically expect from, from sailors. Just a lot of seedy places, a lot of drinking not exactly behavior you would expect from a Christian. And part of me knew it was wrong, but I was having fun. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying life. And I went and did it anyway, much like the prodigal son. Eventually, much like the prodigal son, I, I came to my senses. I tried to work on, on growing my faith again, but that, that guilt of what I'd done had always hung over me still. I was talking with a friend of mine one time, and she had mentioned, um, it's called a tech retreat, Teens or Twenties Encounter Christ. And it was something that was put on by the Catholic Church. And I wasn't Catholic, but I just, something in me said, you know, you should probably go to this. And I asked her and she was 
a little surprised because I wasn't Catholic, but they welcomed me there. Uh, most of it, it was about what you would expect from a Christian retreat. But there was one part, and this was Saturday night, and the priest was talking about forgiveness. And he gave us all a small piece of, of flash paper and said, okay, I want you to take some of the worst sins you ever had and write them on that piece of flash paper. And I filled it up front and back, you know, with everything I had done while I was out at sea. Crumpled it up, and he had a little bowl there, and we all put our pieces of flash paper in the bowl. And as he was talking, he lit the pan, and poof, it all just went up in smoke, you know? And you know, like flash paper, it, the whole thing burns. There's nothing left. I mean, literally and figuratively, I just saw all of my sin in the past go up in smoke. And that really sunk in, because when, when you are remorseful, and you go to God, and you ask for forgiveness, that's what happens. He completely and totally erases all of your sin. It mm -hmm. literally just poof, goes up in mm -hmm. smoke. And that had a really big impact on me. And from that point forward is when I really started to take my walk seriously. Yeah. And forgiveness is, you know, something that is an extremely important topic to talk about because forgiveness has so many different legs to it, right? Of forgive us, even forgiving ourselves for things that we've done forgiving other people as well. And like you say, as a man of faith, you know, realizing that God does forgive you for what you have done, right? It is possible to let that go so that you can move forward in a oh, healthy absolutely. way in your life, right? It's important that you do that, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for anyone that is listening, even if you are not a Christian, forgiveness is forgiveness. <laughs> right, right. right. So that brings me to my question, because you have a website called Coffee with Jesus and a podcast by the same name. And for listeners, there is a ton of wonderful information you can discover on the website. But Todd, maybe you can start by sharing how did Coffee with Jesus come about? Sure. And it actually started, oh goodness, a long time ago. So I used to belong to a Christian internet forum and we would have a lot of discussions and stuff and debates. And every once in a while, I try to post something just to try to encourage people. And after I had posted a whole bunch of these after a little while, they said, you know, you should actually write a book. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'd never really thought about writing a book before, but I thought, well, I can, I can give it a shot. And, and the first time it was, I, I took a bunch of these writings and I wrote a few more and I actually, I went to Kinko's and printed everything up and I got some cardstock for the cover and I, I had it sealed and bound right there. And I called it Walking with Christ. And it was yeah. a four-week devotional. And then after Hurricane Katrina, I did a little bit more writing and I kind of expanded it a little bit. And um, I made it, I made enough, that I combined some of the smaller ones that were kind of similar and wrote some new ones. And I had a six-week devotional called Walking with Christ. And this was right at the start of the whole print-on-demand. So I went to, with a company called Lulu, and I uploaded my file, and I designed my cover, and it got sold on Amazon and pretty much any online venue. Well, after my second tour in the Navy, I helped co-found a publishing company called One Body Press. And this was a spinoff of a ministry that I had been a part of before my second tour in the Navy called One Body Ministries. While I was a part of that, I went and worked on basically a second edition of my devotional book. I added two more weeks and I renamed it Coffee with Jesus. And then when I was at church, when I was in Florida, 
they asked me to teach a class on the devotional book. Uh, so I did. I actually provided copies. I wasn't going to use it to, you know, make a profit for myself. So I bought about a dozen copies and, and I had about a dozen people in, in the class. And the class went really well. And the feedback I got from the class was, was just phenomenal. I went in and updated a few things and kind of made a few minor changes. And in 2019, uh, released Coffee with Jesus in its third edition. Yeah. Well, soon after that is when the pandemic struck. And it's funny because I actually gave up Facebook for Lent in 2020. I said, you know what? I'm just going to not use Facebook. I'm not going to get yeah. into debates, kind of focus on just you know, kind of growing in my own personal walk. But halfway through Lent, when the pandemic started getting really bad and people were getting really anxious, I kind mm. of broke my Lent a little bit. And I went on Facebook to just try to post a few encouraging things. Yeah. And I was expecting some friendly ribbing in there. Hey, you're supposed to give up Facebook for Lent, you know. Yeah. Um, but what I got was just the opposite. In fact, one of my friends said, hey, keep posting because this is, this is helping, you know. And I realized, wow, people really do just need this encouragement. And I remember that summer... I felt like God wanted me to just produce a short video. My devotional book had its own Facebook page at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and at first I was like, uh-uh, no way. You want me to actually put myself out there? I mean, it's one thing to write. I can write. That's fine. Because nobody yes. sees me when I write. You want me to make a video and talk and put myself up? No, just I'm not doing it. No way. It's kind of like <laughs> Jonah. I went in the exact opposite direction. But I don't know. I just, I just felt that need and it became more and more pressing. So I was finally, I was like, okay. And I went in my backyard. And I set up my iPhone and I recorded a little video and I posted it on the Coffee with Jesus devotional book page. And the feedback I got was just phenomenal. And at that point, I realized, wow, there really is just this tremendous hunger for comfort out there, especially at the height of the pandemic. And so I released another one and that was also well received. And then a few weeks later, I felt like I should just start up a podcast. And I knew absolutely nothing about podcasting. If you listen to the very first episode, you'll see I knew I had no idea what I was doing. In fact, you can make an argument that a year and a half later, I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I just I disagree with you. I've tuned in, and I think it is. I think it's wonderful. Well, well, thank you, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. I did about I think I did about 18 episodes total. There was a bonus episode mm-hmm. in there for Christmas, and by this point, I was kind of in Qatar, and I realized I was going to have to start moving back to the states, and so I stopped doing the podcast for a while. And then after we got settled here. I just felt like I just needed to keep going because there was mm. still that hunger for, for comfort out there, that need for encouragement. And so I waited till the, actually the one year anniversary of when I released my first episode and I released the first episode of season two, I called it, because there had been such a long gap. And then after about a month of working through the second season, I just felt like I needed to start a ministry to encompass the devotional book and the Facebook and the podcast. And I'm actually about halfway done with, I'm a little more than halfway done with another devotional book. It's called Coffee with Jesus, The Second Cup. I created a ministry that encompasses all of that, the, the books and the podcast, social media. And the, the goal is just to provide that hope that people so desperately need to reach out and encourage people however and, and wherever I can. I love that. And I like the uh, coffee with Jesus, the second cup. Everyone wants a second cup of coffee, right? That's right. (laughs) In the morning. So this second book that you've written, in that, again, you share inspirational words with people and uh, obviously uh, Bible verses. What Mm -hmm, can people expect 
the devotional books, both the first one and the second one, are kind of a mix. Some of them I share my own personal experiences, much like with the podcast where I would share just my own personal trials and how God helped yeah. me through yeah. um, in the hopes that people who are going through trials now will see, oh, well, God helped him. Okay, well, God will help me too. Yes. And yes. so a lot of the devotionals are kind of the same way. Some of them are, are a little more teaching in nature. And some of them, um, you know, we've talked about unity too. Some of the, in mm -hmm. fact, there's an entire week in the first devotional book dedicated to unity, trying to let Christians know, hey, look, we're all, we're all in this together. We're, yeah. all, we're all part of the body with Christ. Yeah. And we should all really be working together to reach out and to help people as much as we can. Yeah, I was going to ask you your book about unity. What is what can people discover in that book? Because you've got unity and and a devotional prayer that are still in publication, right? Yeah. So there is a book in unity, and this one I published under a pen name, a name of Michael Stinson, and it was written mainly to help the ministry, One Body Ministries, at the time, and that presents a biblical case for unity and the need for unity. And how, regardless of what denomination we are, regardless of mm -hmm. what sect, we need to work together instead of fighting amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. Especially after what we have been through, right? I think there has been a big need out there for people to come together. And it's funny how people have, a lot of people have been fighting against each other and, and lashing out at each other instead of really coming together more as a community. So I think something like this is so needed in the world today, because we are all human beings living on this planet, no matter what your culture is, no matter oh, what your religion is, we all, and we, and, and I think, you know, we want to, we all want the same basic needs, right? Of a roof over our heads, food on the table, job. Those are the basic fundamentals that we need as human beings to survive, right? And, and we need each other. We need to come together and realize that we can rely on each other and lean on each other, even in times of desperate need, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been on just about every continent except for Antarctica. <laughs> and, you know, I've experienced many different cultures and I've seen both good and bad, you know, yeah. and, and it doesn't matter where we're from or, you know, who we are. It's very important. We all do have the same needs. We have all mm -hmm. similar desires the desire to just succeed and provide for our families. And it's really important that we just work together because we can, we can accomplish so much more when we're working together and helping each other. Right. So your podcast, if people tune into your podcast, I'm not going to tell them what they can expect <laughs> I, because I know already, <laughs> but would you just briefly share what can people expect when they are tuning into your podcast? What are they going to be listening to? What are you sharing with them? Sure. So in the first season, um, like I had mentioned, I shared a lot of my own personal struggles mm -hmm. and shared how God had helped me through those struggles, hoping that people would see that and that when they're going through their own struggles, they'll know God will help them as well. And I had a few guests in the first season who did the same thing. I had one guest who struggled with depression and he shared about that. I had another guest who had fought breast cancer. So she, she shared about that experience. And that's what I try to do is bring on guests who've been through some really, just some really horrible things in life who have made it through and overcome. Mm. And they share their stories so that when people are going through rough times, they know the times are rough now, but we will overcome. Come we will on. get through it. Um, I've continued that into the second season. And I've also tried to 
maybe answer people's questions as well. I did have a episode, you know, should Christians celebrate Halloween, for example? Yeah. Well, um, interesting. You know, Christians really need to go to church, you know, things like yeah. that. But at the same time, I also try to share stories. There was one I shared, a recent one called Our Ever-Present Help in Trouble. Mm-hmm. And I had a guest. This was actually a two-part episode because her, t- her testimony was so phenomenal. I couldn't mm-hmm. cut anything out. Um, yeah. Her test, she was in a car accident and in a wheelchair. And she just shared how that happened and how that changed her perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, I think, what people can expect. Overall, the goal is to provide a message of hope and to let people know that, yes, times are dark right now, but you will get through this and things yeah. will get better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend that anyone that tunes into this, you know, tap into your podcast and have a listen and give you support as well. I really think it is, your podcast is is wonderful and a wonderful message to share with people. Well, thank you. So I want to move on to something that I found very intriguing and interesting is that you also published a sci-fi book. So different to what you've done before with your devotionals and unity and, and the story of, you know, the coffee, coffee with Jesus and coffee with Jesus, the second cup. This is something so different. So first of all, what is the title of this book and who are the characters and what is the story about? Sure. So the, the book is called, it's called Galaxis, The Settling of Lornia. And the main character is actually named Lorne. Um, and as one of my coworkers has pointed out to me just the other day, he, he just has one name. He's the only character in the book I didn't give two names to. Um, <laughs> but the main character is named Lorne, and he starts out as a minor bridge officer, and they're on a colony ship. And this colony ship comes under attack by, at the time, the aliens are unknown. And there are only a, a small band of people who actually survive. They make it to a shuttle, and they escape the ship before it's completely destroyed. And then the story itself is about their initial struggles in finding a planet to colonize. And then the struggles with the colony, because eventually the aliens who attacked the ship find out that they were in fact survivors. So they wanted to try to go through and and finish the job basically by attacking the colony. So the story is about the colony's growth and their struggles and, you know, just their struggles in their environment, their struggles in the galaxy and their struggles against the aliens. And so some of the other characters, there's another minor bridge officer, and technically he had one day seniority on the main character, um, but the main character, of course, takes over the mission mm-hmm. and becomes, you know, the, the leader, the commander. And there are other minor characters and, you know, various military aspects and civilian yeah. aspects and just key positions that as the colony grows and develops, there's one, his name is, his last name is Lino. He becomes, he's a real, he's like a whiz kid with electronics. Mm-hmm. And so he gets put in charge of their, their intelligence. The second in command gets basically gets put in charge of the entire military. His name is Lance, and he be, kind of becomes a de facto deputy to Lorne. And uh, while there's a little bit of tension between the two of them in the beginning, throughout the book, they overcome that tension and actually become very good friends by the end. And so that's actually a lesson for people to learn as well, right? How you can you can still work together, even if there is tension and just get over it and get the job done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was the inspiration behind the sci-fi book? Well, ironically enough, it was kind of the same as the devotional book. I was on a sci-fi forum and I would write these short stories and people really liked them. And I wrote, I guess you could call it kind of a serial. You know, there was just a yeah. bunch of short stories that kind of kept going. And somebody said, this is, this is actually really, really good. So I took all the short stories and I put them together 
And then I, you know, I had to change it a little bit and add a whole bunch, of course, to make it from just a bunch of short stories into a novel. And then I had found a publisher and I sent it to him and he really liked the story. He, but he said, it's too short. It needs to be about twice as long. And I thought, wow. oh no, how am I going to do that? <laughs> and it actually took me several years to really fill it out and make it into an actual novel. And unfortunately, by that point, the publisher had ceased operation. But I remember it was after it was after Hurricane Harvey. And I just was just so moved by the devastation I saw. I said, you know what? Ready or not, I'm just going to publish it. And I went to Amazon through their create space and I published it. And I went online and I said, you know, for the rest of the year, I published it in about August or September. And I said, for the rest of the year, every penny I make from this book is going to Hurricane Relief Effort. And I think I sold about a dozen copies. But you know what? A promise is a promise, whether it's yeah. big or small. You know. And so that's kind of how the story came about. It yeah. started as a bunch of short stories. And then I put them together for one large narrative. And then I had to really add to it to double it in size to make it into a, an actual novel. Yeah. Anyone that would tune in and listen to this, what tips would you have for people who would like to write a story or write their, say, their life story? So there, there are two things I think I would like to share. One is start small. All my writings have started small. It was just small devotions. It was small, short stories. Um, and then kind of work your way up. And it's funny because I actually tried to write a short story. Um, there's another book I'm writing, and it's kind of a dystopian book. And I started writing it. And I got to about novella length and I hadn't even gotten to the dystopian part yet. <laughs> um, so I think it's important to, like I said, start small. And if it grows, yeah. then let it grow kind of organically and naturally. Yeah. And, you know, and for those that you, if you really want to just write a, a feature length novel or a novella, I would encourage you to, to use an outline. Um, there's a lot of debate in writing circles about pro outline and anti outline, but I found at least for me, it, it helps a lot. And I actually... And finishing up, it's actually fan fiction work. And I know there's a lot of people kind of thumb their noses at fan fiction writers, but I really enjoy writing. And for this fan fiction work, I really, I needed an outline to know where I was going with what character, where I was going with the story, where I was going to go with various subplots. And so for me, just having, and it wasn't, there's nothing to be anything great, just a very rough outline. So, you know, in your head where you want to go with certain things. So I would encourage people to to use an outline if they, if they can, that, like I said, it helped me out tremendously. Yeah, that's Those are great tips. I think people will, anyone who wants to write a book will certainly take note of that. So I have a question. Are you Star Wars fan or Star Trek? (laughs) Yes. I have to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the answer is yes. I, I love both. Both. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've followed Star Wars and Star Trek both since I was a kid. Um, yeah. And I, and I love how uh, George Takei one time, he he or he got on there on Facebook. He's like, Star Wars and Star Trek fans need to unite and fight against Twilight. You know, <laughs> And it was very much in jest, but I thought it was really funny. Well, I find that hilarious, right? Yeah. Before we go, I wanted to ask, where can people purchase your, because you have your sci-fi book. And you have your two nonfiction books, Unity and the Devotional Prayer Book. Where can they purchase these books? All of my books can be found on Amazon. Some Barnes and Noble stores may still carry the devotional book. Yeah. But mostly they can be found online. If you go to my website, there's actually a link to our books. And each book has its own page with a link to its own Amazon page. So you can go to coffeewithjesus.info and go to the books page and you can get a link to to find it right on Amazon. Fantastic. Todd, what is your philosophy in life? I think overall, 
I would have to say it's going to be okay. I've I've been through through a lot. By the time I was 30, I'd had a heart attack, skin cancer, had all my worldly goods literally washed out to sea. I was jobless, homeless, bankrupt. By the time I was 40, I'd been shot at and bombed. Sometimes sometimes I'll joke with my friends, I'm a little little scared what's going to happen to me before I hit 50. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I've come through each and everything. Everything that I've been through, I have survived. And I've actually done better for myself after. Yeah. And yeah. so my I think that's become my philosophy is, is it's going to be okay. Even when things look dark, even when the storm is raging, I've been thrown through so many storms. I know that the storm is going to end and the sun is going to come out again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, right? It says this too shall pass, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. What word would best describe you? Or um, words, maybe there's more than one word. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think tenacious because I have been through so much and I have struggled a lot, but I've always come out better on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that about life. As long as you persevere and don't give up, you will come out. You will not just come through what you're going through, but you'll come out better than when you went in. You'll come out stronger than when you went in. And every struggle I've had, every fight I've had, I've not only persevered through, but I think I've come through stronger and wiser on the other side. Mm-hmm. And do you have any final words or an important message you would like to share with people in the world and people of many faiths? I think in today's age, it's important to know that things are going to get better. Like you said, the Bible says this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. So I think I just like to say, don't give up. Things do look bleak now. You know, and just to share a little bit, like you mentioned that the the last episode I had, it was kind of a a bonus episode, a special mm-hmm. episode, you know, but things, you know, people are talking food shortages. Yeah. We're looking at, you know, the threat of nuclear war. Things look really bleak right now, but we've been through that before. We've been through world wars. We've been through pandemics. We've been through famines and we've come through it. And our society has always come through it better on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to tell people, don't give up. I know things look dark right now, but they will get better. Yeah. And we will not only come through it, but we will come through it better and stronger. What a great message and conversation. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation and all the knowledge and information shared by Todd. Now, I'm going to go on and share with you these great questions that I asked Todd after our conversation. I received this newsletter from a book club that my mother in the United Kingdom is a part of. And I thought, man, I wish I'd had these questions before I interviewed Todd, but I thought I'm going to email Todd and ask him these questions anyway. So I hope you will enjoy this extension to our conversation. What was the hardest scene to write in your fiction novel, Galaxis, The Settling of Lornia? There was a scene where the main character was being counseled by his friend. The MC was supposed to explode in anger and make a rash decision that would harm the colony. As I was writing and the tension was building, all of a sudden, the MC backed down, took a breath and let go of the anger. That wasn't supposed to happen. I tried a few times and the MC kept backing down. I eventually changed the story to fit his actions rather than make his actions fit the story. Question number two. As a writer, 
What would you choose as your mascot, avatar, spirit animal? I would choose the platypus. Seems like an odd animal. Almost as if it is made up of parts from a bunch of different animals. In writing, you have to pull together narratives, dialogue, expositions, and form a coherent story. Sometimes, ideas come from odd places. But in the end, you have one story made up of different pieces, just like the platypus. Question number three. Which of your books have you been most proud of? I think Coffee with Jesus. That's the one that I know has helped people. When somebody comes up to me and says, thank you, that really helped me, whether it's something I have said or something I've written, that brings me great joy. And my last question to him was this. Which authors, dead or alive, would you invite to a literary dinner party and why? I would say Tolkien. He excelled at world building. As a writer, that tends to be my biggest struggle. I would love the chance to talk with him and get advice on how to create a world that will engross and absorb readers. Well, listeners, that's it from Todd and I. I hope you enjoyed that extra information share from Todd. I invite you to rate, review and share this podcast. And we love you for that attention. Also, join us over on our social media feeds and say hello or email us at kmkywithpaula.gmail.com. That's it from me, Paula, your host here at KMKY. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye for now. <music>